Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is January 26th, and our reading comes from Matthew chapter 17. Beginning in verse 10, he says this, Then his disciples asked him, Why did the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Well, Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come. But he wasn't recognized, and they chose to abuse him. And in the same way, they will also make the Son of Man suffer. Then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. So John the Baptist came as the Elijah, the Old Testament prophesied that Elijah would come to announce the coming of the Messiah. So John played that role, which is why Jesus said about John, there's no man born of woman greater than John. He got to play this pivotal moment in redemptive history where he announced the arrival of the Savior, the Messiah, the coming of Jesus. Then watch this story. It's very interesting. Verse 14, at the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them, and a man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy, and it left him. And from that day on, the boy was well. So there's a couple of things here just to take note of. First of all, apparently the devil or a demon can cause us to suffer physically. However, there are two words when we think about demonic activity in a person's life that we use. One word is possession. The other word is oppression. I think everyone, even believers, are susceptible, vulnerable to oppression where the devil or demon is harassing us in some way, and it could even cause a physical symptom. But possession is a whole nother idea. And listen, as a follower of Christ, when you open your heart and trust Jesus, the Bible said our, says our sin is forgiven and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. Well, listen, the Holy Spirit is not going to room with a demon inside of a believer, right? So if the Holy Spirit is present where there is light, there is no darkness at all. So if the Holy Spirit is present in our life, if we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit lives in us, then a demon cannot also reside in the heart, the life, the body of a believer. So I think there is a big difference between possession and oppression. The truth is in this story, we don't really have any idea which one it is, but this boy is certainly suffering because of the demon. Now, the second thing that's interesting is that the disciples are unable to deal with the demon, and maybe that's because of their lack of training and inexperience. Jesus says it's because of their lack of faith. It's hard to really understand why their uh, ministry wasn't more effective. But what Jesus says here that I love is if you just had faith, that the reason this demon didn't leave is you lacked faith. 
faith. And I think what that communicates is that you and I, by faith, have the authority to confront and to expel any demon in a person's life or any demon oppressing a person that we have some authority and we have some power that we're not helpless. In fact, if you read, if you want to go over and read today, Ephesians chapter six, Paul kind of explains the armor that is available to us in Christ to protect us from these attacks of the devil. And man, I think we need to learn to put on that armor and I think we need to recognize our authority and that we need to rise up in faith. And when we believe we're being oppressed by the devil, let's take authority over the devil and in the name of Jesus, command him to leave. Let's break. Let's cancel any scheme, any plan, any attack of the devil. The Bible says no weapon formed against us will prosper in Jesus' name. So let's stand up in our authority and defend ourselves from the enemy. Don't just sit back passively and take it. Now, I also think it's interesting. Jesus says you need to have faith, but he also says just a little faith. The faith of a mustard seed, which is a tiny little, tiny little seed. And so I love that because what that means is our, uh, the power of God, the authority of God does not depend on the greatness of our faith, but on the greatness of our God. So all I need is a little bit of faith and a great big God, and I'm going to win right? So we don't have to live in fear of the devil. We don't have to live in fear of demons. With just a little bit of faith and a great big God, we can stand up against these attacks and we can have victory in our life. Now, let's move down to verse 22. After they gathered again in Galilee, Jesus told them the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of enemies, and he will be killed, but on the third day he'll be raised from the dead, and the disciples were filled with grief. So for the first time, maybe, the disciples are starting to understand that Jesus hasn't come to establish an earthly kingdom. Jesus hasn't come to kick out the Romans. Jesus hasn't come to win a political election. Jesus hasn't come to be... Uh, in charge of the synagogue, Jesus has come to build a spiritual, eternal kingdom. And the truth is, in order to build that kingdom, he is going to have to offer his life. He's going to die. He's going to go to the cross for our sin. But on the third day, he'll be raised to life again. Now, when we hear that, boy, that sounds like good news. But just try to imagine if you're a disciple in that moment, you've left everything to follow Jesus. And now Jesus says, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to die. I'm going to be turned over. And all of your dreams and what you kind of thought was going to happen, the way you thought this story was going to unfold, it has all changed. And the truth is, you don't know anything about a resurrection. That's brand new news. You're not sure what's going to happen after Jesus dies. And so this was a moment that for these disciples was, was very scary. They're trying to trust Jesus, even though they don't understand and they cannot see. You ever felt that way? Where you're in a difficult situation, 
and you're trying to hang on, you're trying to trust Jesus when you don't understand and when you can't see. And I just want to encourage you, don't let go. Keep holding on. God is present. God is sovereign. God is trustworthy. God is faithful. God is working in all things. And even when we don't see, and even if we never understand this side of eternity, one day we'll be with the Lord and we will see the wisdom and the glory and the beauty of all God's plans. Hang on. Let's trust the Lord together. And then on their arrival to Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, what do you think, Peter? The king's tax their own people or the people they have conquered? They tax the people they have conquered, Peter replied. Well, then Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake, throw in a line, open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. Jesus says, listen, we are are free. And because we are free, we don't have to subject ourselves to anyone's oppression. However, we don't want to offend anybody. We're here on a much larger mission. We're not going to get caught up in their little political issue here. We're going to stay laser focused. So just pay the tax. Let's not offend. Let's stay focused on the mission. I think that's a great word for the church today. One of the real challenges over the last few years is so much of the Christian church in America has gotten tried to get in bed with politicians and politics. And it's a bad, it's a bad marriage. You know, the truth is we need to avoid getting caught up in the political machine and stay focused on the message. What is the message? To tell people the good news about Jesus and invite them to follow him. And as people follow him, they become like him and they begin doing what Jesus did in our world. And that's how we transform our world, not with some political machine or process. And so Jesus here, he doesn't get involved. And I I just love that you see in the life of and ministry of Jesus, he doesn't try to get involved with Rome and, and get involved in some political thing. And he doesn't address all the immorality, all the oppression, all the abuse, slavery, all these terrible things that are happening in the first century. He doesn't try to get involved politically. He's teaching people, follow me. Love God and love your neighbor. And he says, if we'll do that, all of the law, all of the law hangs on these two laws. So Jesus understand, I've got a better idea. It's even better than a political solution. If we transform hearts, then people will be internally motivated to love their neighbor. And that's better than trying to keep man's laws. So I think it's an important warning for us. In fact, there's a lot of research that shows the number one people reason people have left the church over the last couple of years in America is because the church became too political. So man, let's not be distracted by a smaller mission. Let's stay focused on teaching people to follow Jesus and trust Jesus one heart at a time to transform our world. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this message today. It's so encouraging to know that you had a plan 
that Jesus showed up and you had John there to announce his arrival, meaning that you've been working throughout history to bring us to this moment, which gives us assurance to know that we can trust you with our lives. God, we thank you that because of what you accomplished through your death and resurrection, you have defeated Satan and you have sent us out in your authority. We are the children of God, full of the spirit of God, covered in the armor of God. And we don't have to be afraid of any demon, any kind of spiritual warfare coming against us. No, we can stand up in faith and take authority over the enemy and live in freedom and victory. God, we thank you for that. Lord, we pray that you would help us in life when we cannot see and we don't understand to just hang on, to trust that you are good, that you are present, that you have a plan, and that we can trust you. And then finally, help us to stay laser focused on our mission. God, we don't mean to be distracted with culture and politics and all this, all these other options. We want to stay focused on building the kingdom, telling people about the good news of Jesus and inviting them and empowering them, equipping them to follow you. So help us to do that well so that our city is transformed. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me today. I hope that encourages you. And remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.